Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 66. <laughs> oh, Welcome to episode 66 of Jen and Millie. I can even read this. It's not an issue of not being able to see it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. What is happening today? Rough start. Oh my gosh. Quarantine crazies have hit us, I think. (laughs) So there's all of these. um, I learned from our friend JC that there's terminology that we're now using pre-corona. Oh, yeah. And quarantine crazy. Um, Yesterday, last night, I got a call from a coordinator. We're going to do an online renewal um, on... Uh, tonight, actually, we're doing an online renewal with his um, chapter with his mentors. And he said, so I sent, he sent a reminder, then I sent a reminder out as he had asked me to. And then he called me and he said, Allie, I know I got the date wrong. And um, we're doing the renewal tonight that I told him tomorrow, or are we doing it tomorrow? And I told him tonight, and I said, Larry, it's tomorrow. And he said, Oh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to scratch it because I, uh, I sent the wrong date out. I said, no, you sent the right date out. And I went and I looked back and we we talked through the email chain and he had sent the right information out. And he said, this Corona stuff, it's getting to me. <laughs> Seriously. Well, my pastor this past Sunday, the message, he gave a date in BC. And then he paused and he said, before Corona. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, he thinks he's so witty. It's so great. <laughs> Well, we've talked about, you know, we've talked in the past about catchphrases that people mm-hmm. use. We've oh, talked yeah. about phrases, you know, that are hipster terms that are happening. There's a lot of that happening right now. Yeah. Um, I'm noticing the senior pictures are making a, mm-hmm. a social media um, comeback, which you and I could talk about for days because of generational, holy generational differences. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, it was even part of a staff call yesterday. Even the mm-hmm. poses that were part of the 90s generation. So you're mm-hmm. outside near a tree, um, those kinds of things. Turn that, around chair in a studio with your grayed out background behind you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I had, I think we talked about this before, but I had a picture taken in my prom dress next to the piano with oh, my flute. My gosh, you said that. Oh man, I still need, need I to see that picture, please. Um. Well, well, guess what? I can provide that because in... My Corona cleanup projects. I have found that I oh I have a couple of epic doozies. And Lauren, Lauren stopped by and brought me some uh, pasta salad. And we meet in the garage, and she puts the pasta salad on the bench. And I'm like, there you go, no thank you. Or oh, we exchange. So she put the pasta salad on the bench, and she said, "What is all of that?" And I said, "It's stuff to go to Goodwill." I said, "Except for these, I just need to throw them in the trash." And one of them is an artistic rendition that someone did of junior high Allison. Oh my gosh. It is a portrait that was painted. It is so, it's terrifying. And then the other are the senior pictures that we all had back in the day that our parents had. There's one circle shot and then three circles of these other pictures. Sure. Mm -hmm. So in one of the accessory circles (laughs) is the picture of me posed with my flute in my prom dress um, 
in front of a piano, which, I mean, you want to talk about multitasking, oh go gosh, to prom, seriously. play your flute and, and the piano. play the piano. Well, I had to laugh and I didn't want to do this because this was like on our all staff call that, you know, they were talking about Jay Wright, um, our Iowa Eastern Regional Coordinator. He brought his tie and I didn't want to reply to it right on the staff call because there are so many people on this call. But he said, you know, circa 1994. And it kind of jolted me when he said that. That's the year I was born. And so it really like had this like weird thing in my head, like, oh my gosh, okay, so that he was graduating high school then. Like, it's really weird to think. Obviously, I don't wear a lot of ties. Um, and I wasn't wearing a lot of ties the year that I was born, but it was weird to think about what fashion was like. So then I went back and looked at his senior portrait to say that's what senior portraits were like the year that I was born. So it's funny, Tess, that you say that. First of all, let's strength spot Jay. Oh my god. His gosh. context. Oh my god. He literally we were on the staff Zoom call and he could walk and go get the tie. Go get his tie. Yeah. Yep. On his senior picture. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hello, hashtag context. But I also thought to myself, when he said 94, my brain immediately went to he's younger than me. So isn't it funny how when we hear someone say the year that they graduated, we immediately go into kids and contextual, how does yeah. this apply to us? How does that relate? Like, well, everything is relative, right? Like how we make sense of the world is a relative positionary mindset to say, where am I in relation to this fact? How does this fact affect me, right? How, how do I position myself in a place of understanding around this, you know, piece of information? So of course, right? When someone says a date, that's the easiest way to have a relative positioning and understanding. When someone says a year to say, okay, where was I at at that point in time, right? So when he graduated, so just think of yeah. the future casting that will mm-hmm. happen. I mean, we can future cast around that right now to think about how we will all go back to this time frame, mm-hmm. and it will be relative to the year 2020. And where where were you sequestered? Where yep. did you have to stay? What Absolutely. were the biggest changes that you had to make? Mm-hmm. And we've heard a lot of people talking about, you know, what kind of stories will we relay? But I think that when we think about that contextual perspective, immediately we go to, we, we can't go to a memory without a personal reflection. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the way that our, our senses connect. Mm-hmm. So I can smell something that smells like exclamation perfume, which was a super popular, horrifically terrible <laughs> um, scent of the 80s and 90s. If something even smells remotely like exclamation, it's like time travel for me. Oh Same thing with lilacs. When I smell lilacs, I can time travel to my grandparents' um, backyard. I can see perfectly. They had a white lilac um, bush and a, a purple one. And I can see perfectly in between where the raspberry bush was. And I can also feel what it was like to go out there. And I mean, even the sense of my fingers on the raspberry bush, because sometimes they were prickly. I can feel that in my hands, Mm -hmm. but I can also feel a stomach ache because I used to go out and eat so many raspberries that I get like physically sick. (laughs) Portion control has always been an issue for me. (laughs) So to be able to connect all those things, and again, you know, this is something that I think is related to our strengths, related to our experience, Mm -hmm. related to our personality, but also very much generational. So, you know, Jay being able to go back and grab that tie there is so much to be said 
about the fact that we wore things like that for a senior picture. Yeah. If I would have suggested to Sean that he wear his suit for senior pictures, oh you know, when he graduated in yeah. 2014, he would have, or 2000, oh my gosh, edit that. My kids are always like, mom, I was born. <laughs> Sean was 14 in 2014. Excuse me. Sean graduated in 2018. You know the story about how I put Lauren's date in wrong. Mm-hmm. date of birth yeah yep. okay. so we have to edit that out I know you're good at editing things that I say yeah, out of here like we did it. the whole first batch yeah I will not edit that <laughs> sorry um, we're now rolling so we are where we are but oh yeah keep on going um but I think one of the things that we want us to talk about and, and maybe it's a, an iteration to what you had referenced earlier your corona cleanup projects that I think there is a cultural pressure and expectation to be more, to get more accomplished, to be more efficient. Um, Now that we have all this time on our hands, we are able to get lots of house projects done and cleanup projects done and, you know, all of these things. And I feel like I, you know, we were talking in the green room, I guess, pre-show, pre-show party, um, a little bit about um, just how we both feel a lot of pressure work-wise, personal-wise, relationally, um, to be efficient and effective. Because I think along with the lines of we have all this time that's open in our schedules now. Um, We have all these things that look a little different. There's also an expectation for more connectedness than there has been because everybody is at home. Everybody is virtual. So I feel like there is this expectation that we have to be on all the time and connected all the time and available all the time because people think, what else would, would one be doing, right? We're all in this together, we're all quarantined. And so I have felt that even like, you know, before this, um, in BC, before Corona, prior to Corona, um, we, uh, I would work one day from home usually. And I loved it because I would not get disturbed. I'd very, very seldom get disturbed. So I could be working on longer analyses, things that needed my concentration more. I could usually do my lit reviews, like read through research that's been published, like, because I was disturbed less. Now that everybody is working from home and we have a little more set and defined times of working because we're traveling less and connecting less outside of work time, uh, I feel like there's this expectation to always be available. And so what I find difficult is that I'm being bugged so much more (laughs) by people, which in one sense my adaptability loves a random question and an interruption. But when there's this pressure of also getting lots of things done, having to pause to answer people's questions or respond to their inquiries or help them troubleshoot a tech issue they're having messes with my workflow, <laughs> like very, very frankly, right? My adaptability loves being able to change things up and have different things that happen. And adaptability is often talked about as thriving a little bit under interruptions, um, loving to help problem solve and troubleshoot and respond to something. Um, but at the same time, when there's this, this as we mentioned last episode, this juxtaposition of being available and responding to people's needs in the moment, while also having this expectation of being so much more efficient and effective because we have more time, and especially probably we're coming from a a cultural perspective of 
being single, which I think, or being on our own, which I think adds another layer of not having to like homeschool kids or things like that. So there's probably even more pressure on us um, because we don't have the excuse of my kid needs me to help them figure out matrix math problems. Um, so I feel like we probably in our specific sociocultural context understand that a little bit or feel that pressure maybe a little bit more or receive the um the consequences of that kind of pressure from people even more. So I don't know, I feel like it's been been a weird place. And it's really drawn us back to how do we create healthy boundaries in a place where it doesn't and, seem like there are any boundaries. And I think, um, well, every morning when I do um, meditation, I, I listen for a word. And today, the word was time. Mm. And I think that one of the hardest things for us right now is what to do with the time and being okay with the stillness of it. So mm-hmm. in the green room, I shared a high pressure of being highly productive. Um, it's, it's overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. I feel stressed by the pressure of being mm-hmm. productive. Yeah. And you know, when I started my Corona project list, I looked at it the other day. I have barely attempt. I've barely gotten to anything personally. Mm-hmm. It's been so much heavy extra lifting at work. I mean, there's a lot being tasked right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think um, back to your point about, um, you know, working from home. I, when I would have work from home days, I look like this, which right now I look terrible. I mean, I, no makeup, not doing my hair. I worked like this and I felt like I could get things done. And now I feel like I have to, like tonight I'm doing a, an evening renewal. I can't look like this when I'm presenting to mentors. So I, I need to be feeling need to be on. Yeah. And my on has always been in person. So where I am my most productive and probably natural. And I would say the best of me is when I am in front of a group. And I can read the emotions and the energy of the, of the room. And I really feel value if people connect to that message. So not only do I not have people in person, but I feel like now I have to be on all the time yeah. to any need that someone has. Um, back to the boundaries. It's really hard right now to say no, because I think everyone's thinking, well, you're just in, at home, do it, get it done. And I want to be able to say, oh, actually, I kind of need a pause. And I shared in the green room, I have not had one day in my pajamas. I have not had one morning where I've slept in. Not, not at all. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the things I shared last night with a group of amazing women um, were support. We had a book shower. So um, one of Kristen's friends is um, putting out a new book called Wired This Way. And, you know, it's a really bizarre time to release a book. And what I loved is that we got behind the scenes how the book came to be and, you know, what it's about. And it was, it was like a one-on-one. And I'm, I'm watching other authors do this. Um, Glennon Doyle is doing this really well right now. Um, some other authors are really getting personal about how the book was born. And so we had this great dialogue with her. And I think one of the things that, that I shared, it, it's hard for people in my life to be okay with me being in total solitude, but mm. I am okay with it. Yeah. So the boundaries sometimes I have to say are, no, I don't need 
a Zoom call check-in tonight, or yeah. no, I don't need five FaceTimes face a day. Um, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I can't get all of these things done that I'm being tasked to do without some pause and stillness and boundaries. So Lauren said to me, um, I'm going to do some, some surprisory deliveries and um, on Saturday and Sunday. And a couple of people that I listed, I was going to do the surprisory for. She goes, why? <laughs> you know, if it's not for her, she's like, why? <laughs> and I said, because, because I think it's important. Yeah. And she said, well, that's your, you know, that's your prerogative. And I said, it sure is. Yes. And circle makes this square. I mean, it's like, yes. okay. Which um, is so funny. She I said that in such can... a pejorative way. So I love that you just flipped it. <laughs> it's like, yes, it is my prerogative. <laughs> so it's been, a, I mean, we, I don't think we thought we'd be using our words of the year, our word of the year, the way that we have right now. Oh my gosh. So it is Tell my me choice. about it. Mm-hmm. And it is my choice to be okay with stillness and it is okay. It is all of this is okay. Yeah. So if I, if I do decide to sleep in or if I do decide to pause or wait or look like this when I'm doing a call, which I can do this with you. Um, you can also do okay. this for your renewal training tonight. Okay. Well, I'm yes. Not it's your choice. But I just want to let you know that the, and that's the hard, you know, hard thing I think about gosh, who was I? Oh, I was talking to, you know, one of my good friends and she was talking about she works in healthcare. So like everybody's high stress, everybody's still together. Um, and so she had um, sent me a text that one of the people that she has historically had a really hard time working with gave her a card and a book. And it was very thoughtful. It was a beautifully written card about how she's really appreciated getting to know her over the last few months and especially the last month, like working on this. And and so she sent this to me and I was like, oh my gosh, you're, you have breakthrough. She's starting to realize your value, all this kind of stuff. And then she replies back and says, well, I got to figure out something for her now. And I said, but you don't. You can just accept the very gift and the thoughtful nature of it without feeling indebted, right? And I don't think we give ourselves permission to just accept the reality, right? So accept the reality that you don't need to spruce yourself up, right? Like you don't need to look a certain way to be there and to conduct this renewal in a meaningful way for the people. I know you're going to rebuttal. I know your woo needs to do that. And it's your choice, right? I'm not telling you to to, to do something you're uncomfortable with. But I think we, we have these expectations that we place on ourselves that the world is not placing on us. I am sure that coworker of my friend did not say, I'm giving this thoughtful thing to her so that she might be, give me something thoughtful back. Like, no, I'm sure that when you do your fun deliveries, people aren't going to be how, like, how can I get Allie back? right? Or when, when people see that. you hop on a call, right? They're probably not thinking, Ooh, you know, like, what? you know, I wish she looked better because her content would resonate more. No, right? None of that. People, we, we place such heavy expectations on ourselves that other people do not. And I think we need to reality check that to see, am I putting more pressure on myself than, you know, than people are actually putting on me, right? Am I taking undue added pressure that I need to like be open-handed and release those sorts of things, you know? And so I told my friend and replied and I said, okay, 
don't don't get something for her or scramble just to feel like you owe her one because she gave you this thoughtful gift. That wasn't the intention. And that probably isn't the best response, right? Like you can pray and lift up and hope. And I am sure that there will be a time and an opportunity to respond in a thoughtful way. But it shouldn't be, a, at least from my perspective, I encouraged her not to, to let it be a needed reaction or an expectation that now she has to reply and respond and get her a gift and a card back. So I think the reality check, well, that was a reality check that I needed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I think the reality check around it is, and I just read something about this, how much guilt and shame we're feeling mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shame cycles are, are, are so off real. the charts. Oh my goodness. And we, I think Tess, when I think I can't show up like this, no makeup, hair a mess, it's because intrinsically I am comparing myself. So I would grant me this look if I had little kids at home and I was trying to homeschool and I was trying to manage, you know, three meals a day. Other than I'm sick of dishes. You know what? And it's me. <laughs> it just oh, do. I know. Yeah. So there's a great um, Matthew Sweet song called um, "Sick of Myself." It's a great, it's a great song. Um, have you heard of Matthew Sweet? No. He's an Omaha guy. Anyway, so I, I think part of it is this expectation that I put on myself, but it also is I don't want people to think this is woo. Mm-hmm. You know, geez. Like I got myself together and I've got three kids at home and I'm managing all this stuff and you can't even brush your hair. So, so I think, that, and that's, yeah. so that's, that's a, a narrative. And that's a woo shadow side and not having high woo. Yes. I could care less how I show up. Right. Like for me and especially like, Wait, I haven't would, seen you, sorry, but I've not seen you show up looking like this yet. You have not. You are, you show up to every call, to every meeting Pretty much, you got it together. But that's also a rhythm for me. That's my context that I orient my world based on my daily rhythms. So it isn't a, if if I didn't have that, right? If I didn't love having that time for myself in the morning, that would be different. I would show up like that, right? It doesn't matter to me. It isn't from a sense of I care what other people think. It's from a sense of like my own okayness with showing up in the world, right? Like I need to give myself the space and the time to get prepared and oriented to the day, to being awake, to living another day, right? And for me, that's getting ready. That's journaling. That's reading. Like that's my cup of coffee that I sit with, right? But Yes. So comparatively, yes. But it draws itself back to the one of the original propositions of our conversation today, which is about relative relativity, right? Like you are now putting expectations, undue expectations on yourself based on your relative position of what your life looks like in the middle of quarantine versus somebody else. So saying that it's not okay that I show up with this because relatively speaking, I have less than I need to take care of because I'm not homeschooling kids and I only have my own dishes to do. And I don't think that's fair, right? I think we always do that. We always compare our lots in life. But I think because everyone's world has now gone to the extremes. Like if you have a lot of people in your in your life, in your dwelling, you know how 
lot of people in your life and it's all the time. If you don't have a ton of people and you're dwelling in your immediate like circle life like that, now you are not connected to anyone. Like our our seasons of life have gone to their extreme manifestations because we're in quarantine. And so I think it's much more easy to compare. And I think it goes back to last episode when we say we have to acknowledge how we're feeling in this moment. And I don't think that comparison, especially in this context, is helpful at all. Because I can look and I can say my friend who has three kids and is trying to work full time and is trying to adapt to an online schedule is having a hard time. And yes, she is. But so am I. And and I need to give myself grace. We all need to give ourselves the grace to say what is going on is not okay, And we're not processing it well. And we're experiencing whatever emotions we want to claim that we're processing right now. If it's anger, if it's sadness, if it's loneliness, because that's the best gift we can give to ourselves is acknowledging what's happening because it's the only way we're going to heal from it. It's the only way we're going to be able to walk out of shadow sides of what's happening. And so comparing, I think, just lends itself to further dismissal of what we're actually feeling. And I think it's um, comparison, but also guilt and um, shame and vulnerability. So, you know, I wouldn't show up like this if I was presenting in in person. Mm -hmm. So I think the way that I, the way that I see this sometimes is don't they deserve to have what they would have had to some degree. Mm, Sure. And so, it's the expectations of what do I look like as Allie training in match support? I mean, I am, as you know, mm-hmm. freaking out about tomorrow and doing a Facebook live because I want to make sure that I craft a message that resonates. And that's mm-hmm. any time that I represent the organization. I want to yeah, make sure that I craft absolutely. a message that resonates. Mm-hmm. And what if my, you know, computer is giving me fits or my, Don't even my, um, some wood. I mean, put that out in the universe. Um, so, but yeah. so but, but I'm right but I'm ready to yeah. I'm ready to I am ready to fail. Oh, if I do, I'm gonna grant myself forgiveness mm-hmm. and grace yeah. that I tried something that was totally out of my comfort zone for the purpose of engagement. Yeah. And it. I believe that part of the reason that my messages do resonate when I when I train or when I um have the opportunity to speak to people. It's because I try to be real. Yeah. I'm not trying to be someone that I'm not. I'm for sure live growth mindset mm-hmm. daily. Um, but I, I feel you like I'm being tasked to do a lot of, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of stretch. Yeah. And sometimes it feels overwhelming to be asked, mm-hmm. okay, Allison, you're going to need to stretch. Allison, you're going to need to stretch. Okay. But I think sometimes the routine of, you know, kind of what you're speaking to, why you get into that rhythm, my stretch goes so far. And then I have to go back to my structure of I will present myself in my most typical training way. Yeah. Um, Which, okay, so I think, and I will say, I'm glad we've gotten back to this point. I think that is a reasonable uh, conclude or reasonable, uh, 
motivation for why you would get ready and look different on a call versus our podcast recording right now. I think the not so fair reason to yourself, the not so logical reason to yourself is saying, well, I don't have kids at home that need to be homeschooling and take care of and somebody else has a much harder thing. So what will they think of me if I show up not looking great, um, not looking my best like I normally do because they're probably thinking, well, she doesn't have any el- anything else to do. Why did she show up that way? I don't think the latter of that is an okay or a healthy place to be in. That's a shadow side of woo. A very, I think, good side of woo, a positive side of woo is to say, I want to show up and give the same energy, the same self, the same person that I give as if I was showing up in person. And so that I think is a very healthy reason and motivation to feel like you need to look different, right? It's the, the other one that came out first, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. I will name that it's both because I can't, anymore I can't not name the yeah. darkness and the light it's Absolutely. almost the illumination of the mm-hmm. shadow side for me yeah. has made it almost impossible to not see it now yeah so I can with brave intentions say it's both yeah it is it is both shadow side and light that I show up the way that I show up I it would be pretentious and absolutely a bunch of bs for me to say the only reason I'm going to clean up and look nice is because I want to give them what they deserve. It's both. Yeah. And I think that that part has probably been the hardest for us collectively to be able to say the both mm-hmm. um, right now. So we feel both pride in the things that we're doing mm-hmm. and shame in the things that we're doing. We feel both joy in the things that we're doing and sorrow in the things that we're doing. And it's so hard because mm-hmm. sometimes those shift literally by the hour. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of talked about the beauty of the and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the paradox. We talked a little bit about that. But I also think, Tess, back to the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say, okay, I'm overstretched. Mm-hmm. Or this is pushing me into the basement. Or pushing me into the shadow side of this. It is hard right now for us to speak up for ourselves. I think Mm -hmm. maybe harder than ever because we know that everyone is in a collective Mm -hmm. difficult place. So I think maybe one of the ways I've been trying to think through how we can, how can process setting boundaries in a time where we don't have a ton of boundaries, right? Like I am sitting here at my desk and I am less than a foot away from my bed. Like I live in 700 square feet. And so it's my boundaries are literally a, a lack of spatial boundaries. I don't have an office. I can't close the door at the end of the day. And I know you're in a, in a similar place. And so there, my work is here open all the time, right? But, but one, what is one way, right, that, that we can practically, one tangible, small thing, change that we could make in order to set more boundaries? I know one of the things that I'm going to do is my work phone is with me all the time now. Um, you know, if I were to go home on a weekend and wanted to disconnect from work, I'd leave my work phone at the office. Well, it's here with me and it buzzes every email I get. I don't have email on my personal phone, my work email, because of boundaries. Um, But I was, you know, 
having heard him falling asleep last night and my work phone starts buzzing, right? Email after email. I got like three emails consecutively. And so because I heard that because they were here, it was like 1130 at night. I was like, what are people doing? Um, you know, it's, you know what it is. But so one tangible way I'm going to create a boundary is by moving my work phone into my kitchen so I don't hear it buzz at all in the middle of the night. Like, right. One small thing. So my but mind. Why couldn't you just turn it off? So that's like a whole different thing. That's kind of like an old, not so great smartphone that takes forever and wants to update every time. So I could just take it off or to me, it's simpler to move it. Right. It's the same concept of not, um, you know, but like technologically, like I don't want to have to shut it down and start it up again because it takes forever because it's an old phone. Um, But that's like one small thing. Right. And so I think the starting place is to say, where are the places you feel the greatest lack of boundary? And for us, probably both of us, it's work right now. It's teammate stuff because we don't have other things. Right. But for some people listening, it might be I have a bunch of kids running around or my husband is driving me nuts or, you know, um, you know, what, whatever my spouse, um, my dog, what is, what is the area that you feel like there is the greatest breach of your boundaries? And then what is something, you know, whether it be small or large, if you want to make large changes that can help shift. So I had a, a, a panicked call from a friend at church and, um, or that I know from church, she has three kids, um, a dog, her husband, all in this small container. And she's been going through some really, really good soul restoration work of working through wounds of her past. So everything for like the last six months has just kind of been exposed. So she was already in kind of a really vulnerable and open place of processing through those things, which is healthy, which is needed. But then to have like now such a lack of boundaries. So she called me and she's like, I am sitting on the floor of my shower in my bathroom because my bathroom is the only place that I get time to myself. And so asking her, where are the areas of that you could build in boundaries to an even greater way, right? Like where, what are some really simple ways where you don't have to resort to locking yourself in the bathroom to have a moment of peace, right? Where are areas and moments of that you can integrate time alone, time in stillness, whatever you need to help disrupt the lack of boundaries that I feel like we have. And so that's just one thing that I'm going to start doing today that I haven't done, right? I feel like we always preach what we need to hear, um, or we always share about what we need to hear. Sorry, use the word preach, not in like a preachy way, but just from my own um, religiously latent language, um, religiously saturated language that I come from in my own life perspective. But that's one simple thing that I'm going to do. There are other things that I could, could continue to do, right? But we don't want you know, we know some people can't make massive life shifts or changes, um, but that's one thing practically I'm going to do to help myself set a boundary. I always say I'm a really slow learner and therefore I teach. Um, and that's that's why we do these, yeah. um, because we need the reminders and we need to practice. Um, one of the things that I've been trying to do, so I weaned myself off the fancy planner and got a regular planner because I was up, I was due for my quarter shift. And I just really thought it was an unnecessary, expensive quarter that it it really, it doesn't apply now. I mean, I would love to say that it does, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I got this basic sort of planner 
And one of the things that I'm trying to do is when I'm writing in it and I'm adding things work-wise, I try to make sure that there is balance where I'm writing in. And these are the things I'm doing for me personally. Mm -hmm. So if I've got five meetings, I try to write in here the things that I'm going to do. And my achiever, which is six for me, Mm -hmm. it is, it is really fluctuating daily. So it kind of goes like zoom up to one and then I'll kind of shift down to 10. So in addition to the planner, Lauren was giving this away when she moved. So it's a dry erase board that I'm putting daily what I'm doing because I don't know what it is, Tess, but I can't, I can't keep track of everything. So for the first time, I think ever, I feel like I have 20 things scheduled in a day that I don't really know. I want to miss something. I'm afraid I'm going to not show up for a webinar. (laughs) But I think it's also because of the way that I typically work is in travel. So when I'm getting ready to go to a community, I print out the schedule. I love things printed. Mm -hmm. I print out the schedule and I have a sticky note with the remember to take the strengths cards, remember to take the cardstock, remember to take markers. And so losing that part of my routine has made my brain jumbly. Mm-hmm. And so guess what I got back to doing? Making lists and sticky notes and saying, yeah. okay, this is what you need today. When you're going down to take out the garbage, also do these three things so that it, it was so much in the kind of goes back to how our perspective is related to our senses. There's so much around movement, Yeah, movement. My brain processes mm-hmm. in movement, yep. even the packing up my tote to go take it out mm-hmm. to my car and opening up the back hatch. So much in that process of movement triggered my brain to say, do you have this? Do you have this? And this is what's next. Mm-hmm. And because I've lost that, I'm trying to incorporate pieces of that. And that may not sound like a boundary, but it's mm-hmm. almost a personal boundary for me to mm-hmm. say, yes, I'm going to do this. And yes, yeah. I'm going to balance, yeah. balance mm-hmm. heavy work tasks with personal. Yeah. And maybe that is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe something that you could try employing too is even to build in times that would historically be used for movement into your schedule. So I think we even have more things added because we now don't have commute times. So the amount of back-to-back staffed meetings that I have now is just insane to me and I cannot shift my brain. I like moments to reflect and to say, what do I need to take activation steps on post this meeting? Uh, And we don't have that now because it's, you're just connecting electronically. So it's like one meeting to the next. And I find myself doing that even in scheduling meetings. Like, oh, it just makes sense to add it right on after the end of this meeting, because this person that I need to meet with is also in the preceding meeting. And I don't think that's very healthy. And so I, you know, even something that I might try, something I might encourage you to try uh, is what we would normally have for time to commute between 20, 30 minutes. Um, These breaks in between um, might be times we can build in. I've put my lunch break on my calendar because if I don't stop in the middle of the day, I will get to the end of the day and 
I will have I could not have moved from my chair for the eight or nine hours that I was I sitting here right which is scary and I need to get up and move because I also process through movement um, and so I need to even just get up and move and walk outside for a sec take a walk around the block or get up and get a LaCroix from the fridge, whatever it is, right? Just something to get up and moving um, because I will find myself here much longer and I will, won't will disconnect um, from work even for a little bit of time. So even building in calendar blocks um, for what, I agree. you know, we that would weather, have had for The weather has helped that so mm-hmm. much. Um, and now that we're having a shift in weather again, um, mm-hmm. that's disappointing to me. You know, I feel like I'm having this, bargaining dialogue with mother nature i'm like just give me give me some more of this, <laughs> give me please. what you want um, but but i do think movement is important and my movement sometimes in between meetings is just to go to the refrigerator and you know eat my weight and cheese again so i feel like that has to stop too yeah yeah because i'm not even building in enough time to have what i would have had a lunch break yeah i'm not even building that time in i'm just going to the next thing going to the oh, next thing and thinking okay i'll take three bites of this here and there, and it's always cheese and peanut M&Ms. Not a good plan. I was so delighted, so delighted to have pulled off one of the best Pinterest recipes ever yesterday. And the joy that I felt in the success of a crock pot meal, it was unbelievable. But I haven't eaten like that. I've just been, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I've got five minutes here. I've got five minutes here. I haven't been thoughtful about planning a meal. Now, what's funny is my sisters and I have a group text where we we communicate solely through pictures of food. And Rudy, my baby sister, just had her first takeout meal in the month because her husband has been kind of wary about, you know, should we be getting takeout? Should we not? And I was like, yes, yes. More important now than ever. Um, But we, we share pictures of food. And so I sent a picture last night of this beautiful pork tenderloin that I had made that I was just over the moon excited that I had done. And I feel like that's one of my biggest accomplishments during the times of Corona. That might be one of the biggest accomplishments that I put something in the crock pot. Which like is that, that this is troubling. Oh there should gosh, be bigger. No. Allie, acknowledge it. That's a celebration, right? At times like these, we need, I know you're going to be hard on yourself, so don't even start. Let me talk and respond first. Um, we need to be celebrating the small things because the the big things aren't around in our lives necessarily as much at this time. And, and because we have so much sadness and darkness and frustration and worry and anxiety, it's exactly those things that we need to say that's an accomplishment. Because if we were not in Corona days, you would think nothing of it. You would just be like, oh, I just made a meal for myself because I need to eat, right? Like you wouldn't have thought anything of it. The fact that you recognize that as an accomplishment, as a source of joy to make a really great tenderloin in a crock pot, that's, that's incredible, right? That's what we need to all be practicing those moments of accomplishment of celebration, even if it's something as simple and minute as that, right? Like that's where, right. where I have been as well, well, you know, that's the rock and roll t-shirt. I mean, yeah. it's, but those, that's kind of a feeling right now of a sense of celebration and accomplishment yeah. and fun that I can manage and I can do. Yeah. I also, Um, I know we're probably wrapping up, but one of the things I wanted to be sure that I noted is how much I love that you're giving shout outs to businesses. 
-hmm. And I think there, this is a great space for that too, Tess, Mm -hmm. that we should be doing more of that. So I didn't get to your Instagram post soon enough. Um, but there are places that we should lift up and talk about experiences. I drove to cancel bless to get, um, Lincoln's pub pizza. Um, what is today? Thursday, Tuesday night, Tuesday night. Um, they also had pouch cocktails, which I hate that word. Hate that word. I can hardly (laughs) say it. Um, pouch cocktails. Um, they had a blueberry pear mojito, um, pouch that was fantastic, Mm. but it felt so surreal to be, I mean, I, I'd pour it in a glass. I was like, I can't juice box this. This is too weird. Um, but the pizza was great. Um, I drove to Council Bless to, to get that um, mm. because I had 25 minutes and thought mm. it's a nice night to do it. Um, so they're providing drive up um, garden gallery. Um, my friend Michelle in Elkhorn, mm. she is doing sidewalk sales with her with her plant. So she's putting them out on the sidewalk and you, and you drive by and you tell her what you want and they, they load it up. Um, my hairstylist did over our heads. Scott let me know that they're putting together my color with a little kit with gloves and, um, you've got, you know, a time frame to pick it up and then you apply the color and it even comes with a video that Scott put together. Um, and our friend Emily, they're doing some great stuff at the simple man. Um, uh, countryside village mm-hmm. the simple man's putting together some really cool stuff online awesome. um so i thought of those places that we should give mm-hmm. shout outs to i was too slow to get to your instagram but tess i love that you're doing that mm-hmm. you're such an advocate for buy local support local mm-hmm. you are a cheerleader advocate for that and we do not give you enough credit for doing mm-hmm. that and so i want to thank you for that and remind others that it's critical to support yeah. locally right now. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're, I will always advocate, advocate for small businesses and local places and, you know, but if, if we're not supporting them now, they will not be around um, when life starts to pick back up again. And that's what my concern is. And that's why I've now have gone out of my way to do that more. And, you know, for the first few weeks, I wasn't doing a ton of takeout and a ton of buying for some health goals that I had by the end of the month. And um, just some personal, like wanted to make sure my finances were in good place places too. Um, but now I am in a place where I am ready. And so now I am really starting to intentionally, um, intentionally support local. And so I, I always had been buying coffee um, local because that will always be, um, always be my jam. So regardless of where I'm at in life, so I've been buying local, but then also even if I wouldn't normally have indulged in something like eating out by myself takeout, or I ordered myself Hardy Coffee Co's care package that they created to to send, you're supposed to send it to somebody else, right? Like that's the whole point is it's a care package. Like you send it to someone who's quarantined, but I sent it to myself. Um, which is so good. Yeah, which I, okay, but actually I will tell you, I, so I'm so glad you brought this up. It's because I was reading through it and I was like, oh, that's such a cool idea. And they have all the best stuff. And I messaged them like, can you make gluten-free, you know, exchanges? Like, you know, because I was like, oh, maybe I could send it to this person or like even, you know, for myself when I was entertaining the idea just as like entertainment. And then I thought back to our last episode and one of our action items was why not? And that was my version of why not. I was like, I love all these things. And I love these coffee shops that are local. They have three locations here in Omaha. And I'm a a keychain carrying member. So I get like certain advantages and stuff. And so I'm like, why on earth wouldn't I? It is 
it's so it's my funny. place, right? It's my place and I want to support them and I'm buying coffee from them regularly. But why wouldn't I just go ahead and do that, right? So I got it delivered and it was so good. I'm still working my way through the package, but they had like a gluten-free cupcake and they made their chicken salad for me. They had chicken noodle soup is what their normal package had, but they substituted chicken salad for me with spinach greens and cucumbers and it was so good and they had cold brew coffee and and they have local Artemis tea and tea bags to make your own tea bags and oh my gosh so it's just it was just a delight to unpack it and and one of those again like really simple things right number one <laughs> send a gear package to yourself <laughs> but then like number two like these things that I may not have to be health conscious, bought myself a cupcake, right? Or, you know, but in an effort to support local and also, right, we need those small moments of joy and of celebration. So to say I got to look at it and the anticipation of eating that cupcake later in the day was so wonderful. I kept some of the cold brew coffee for myself and have been drinking it slowly over the last few days. So, we all need those moments, right? And we, I think our couple last two episodes were about finding those small moments of joy. Um, what are the small moments of celebration, the small moments of solace that you can point to and cherish those things? And, and as hard and as pressured and, and as crazy as this time has become, that's what I've loved is I feel like there's such an emphasis to celebrate the small things and acknowledge the small joys. Because in pre-corona days, you wouldn't have been celebrating the fact that you successfully did a Pinterest recipe, um, even if it was, you know, something like pork chops in a crack pot, right? Number one, you probably wouldn't have taken the time to do it, right? You mm -hmm. wouldn't have taken the time to to take something off I of Pinterest, had. right? Yeah, you're never... so. So, right, it's like even the fact that, okay, the fact that you did it successfully isn't just a celebration in and of itself, right? Like the fact that it was good and it turned out, but it was the fact that you carved out the time to do it, right? You said, this is this is something I want to invest energy and effort into. And just knowing you, the fact that it was successful, I think is a celebration, <laughs> right? Like we all saw the picture with your poor face with the soup from earlier this week. Like the fact that you completed it successfully, I think is a celebration. It was. It was a huge celebration. Um, and this is for me, too. I look forward to this time. Mm -hmm. Tess, you're really good at, because when we started this, I was not in a good place. And usually I have to release a little bit in the green room so that I don't bring that negative energy into, into our podcast. But you are really good at lifting me up. These conversations lift me up and mm -hmm. out of I wouldn't, you know, it's not always a dark place. Sometimes it's just kind of gray. Yeah. And it's just a, like a little bit of a, I feel edgy or mm -hmm. a tinge of frustration that I can't really put my finger on. And it's, and it's not really even necessary to put my mm -hmm. finger on, but just to give myself the grace to say, yeah, I, I'm not getting this perfectly. Mm -hmm. I'm not, that sentence didn't make sense. I'm not doing this well all the time. And you give me grace to do that. Um, this space that we have on Jen and Millie podcasting gives us space to do that. Yeah. But what I hear from people is when they hear us, they feel like they're having a conversation with us. Mm -hmm. And that's just what this is. Yeah. Um, it's the way that we would converse if we were in person. It's yeah. the way that we would converse um, as friends, as coworkers, this mm -hmm. is how we, we talk together. And yeah. so I'm always grateful. For I feel like I, I temper my 
assertion a little bit in our Jen and Millie conversations. I would probably be yelling at you right, right now had we been in a normal, or maybe that's a reality check that I need to just be okay with being more honest. I feel like I push you, but I push you harder maybe offline because I know you can take it because you're strong and resilient, Ollie. So um, well, also because I want to grow. And yeah, so I'm grateful for, for that. Sure, for sure. We all need people like that in our lives. So good. So, hey, I think for activations, I want to challenge people to three things and annotate or edit this if you want to, Allie. But I think number one, I want people to do expectation checks. So what are the expectations that you're placing on yourselves that are undue? right? That are coming from where other people are at, that are coming from the fact that you are quarantined. Um, What are the the things that you are putting on yourself that maybe you need, you can take off, you can lift up? Number two, what is one practical way you can set boundaries? So is there, which area of your life do you feel like there is the most breach of boundaries? Is it your time? Is it relationships? Um, Is it work? Um, Is it spatial boundaries? And what is maybe one simple thing that you can shift in order to help put a boundary in place and just test that, right? Start there. And if you want to incorporate more boundaries, I've already have a long list in my head of things that I should be doing, but I'm just going to try a couple simple things, right? Adding some more things to my calendar, putting my work phone in a different room at night so it doesn't distract me. And then number three, I'm trying to, oh, number three, I would like um, uh, to think about a way you can support local this week. Um, so I, 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 you know, if there is a local coffee shop, a restaurant, um, a a greenhouse, um, wherever you're located at, wherever you're listening from, you have local businesses around you. So what is one way you can support a local business, um, this coming week? And then we'd love to hear, we'd love to hear your responses. So I have one more to add. Okay. I would love to see the senior pictures. So I will send you against my better judgment, but why not? I'm going to send you the picture of me with the flute and the piano and the progress. Um, I would love to see people's senior pictures. The Kelly's was great. Have you seen Keith's yet? No. Oh my gosh. Oh Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. so good. Okay. Um, Keeps is really good. So I, I would love to see the send senior pictures. Senior so please send us those. Okay. And then I also, you know, I have to add some fun questions in here. Do you have a scent that is like time travel? So I mentioned exclamation perfume. Another perfume that was out during the day back then was Lady Stetson. Also terrible. Oh, anything that smells like that and just, it's a, it would be triggering. Um, but do you have like a scent that is time travel? So, you know, completely unrelated to the other tasks, I'm adding in two fun questions, senior pictures, send them to us. Um, Generational perspective is going to be great. And then um, what scent provides time travel? Absolutely. It's awesome. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to episode 66 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share the responses to the questions and action items we posed in this episode, best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at Jenna Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of teammates mentoring program at large. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.